Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's a beautiful morning. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Gola Jr. That is me. With me, as always, first of his name, of House Newman, Brandon. What's going on? Mike, are you just the second of your name? How many how many people out there do you think are named Mike Luis Gola Jr.? And it's probably just Luis, is it? It's, I'm sorry. It's, it's, prob- it's probably just Luis. I appreciate the dramatic flair. I'd imagine I'm just the second of my name. There aren't that many Golics out there. Yeah, why is that? What is, what is your what is what's the what's the family tree? You know, how, I don't want to start. <laughs> it's just bad to start like this, but you know how uh, growing up, uh, <laughs> can we restart? Listen, you know how growing up, uh, all your white friends talk to you about uh, where you're from or, and like oh, where yeah. you're from and the lineage of things. Like, where's the Gullick family tree from? Uh, Slovenian is the like larger body for the namesake as is pointed out so this is a bit for a long time with the guys over at the dan lebitard show that are a part of the meadowlark family um where they found out that at one point our last name used to have a a, an h on the end so it was golich and that's Mm. where if you want to find people on like facebook and stuff like that that'll like randomly friend request us from the motherland or i think what's left of the motherland because i don't think it's I forget if that was Yugoslavia was a post-World War II reorg or if it was reorged after World War II. I think it's a post-World War II reorg, but um, this, the it age like was there. Targaryens to me. It, more or less. But um, <laughs> actually, no, I feel like the Targaryens would be more like Nordic or like, like whatever the whatever skews extremely blonde would be the Targaryens. Okay, okay. And I think yeah, we're, a little fair, more, we're a little more dark-haired people, but um, yeah. But yeah, the Levitar guys found that out and were pissed and felt like they were lied to that we've been Golich for this whole time and didn't tell them. It's like the uh, who's the who's the guy who went to, who went to Notre Dame and could have won the, the Heisman? Are we changed his name for the Heisman? Oh, uh, Joe Thiesman. <laughs> Joe Thiesman, yes. Yeah. Joe Thiesman, the famous Joe Thiesman, who became Joe Thiesman for Notre Dame propaganda, and he won the Heisman. And you listen, it worked, so it was useful propaganda, as most of it often is, even if there's something that feels underhanded about most versions of that. Uh, we got a great show for you guys today. Uh, no propaganda involved in that at all. Um, little look ahead at Thursday Night Football. We get to talk to Set Free Richardson, who, if you're not familiar, yes. a, a, a name that you're probably more familiar than they think, especially if you're our age, uh, he is the creator of the And One Mixtape, and... Man, 
if you did grow up when we did, the And One Mixtape Tour was a huge, especially early on once it became national. It was yeah. a big, like, early, I think MTV was what used to show it. Where you would I think actually it was, it was ESPN. Oh, it was ESPN. Sorry, yeah. The, uh, yes. But, like, what became the sort of reality TV version of it when you yeah. had this barnstorming crew of all the guys that ended up making the part of this. Like, Brandon, there's an ESPN 30 for 30 that set free Richardson's a part of that talks about all this and seeing like hot sauce and all these guys that were the names that we remember from when we were kids and like the songs from the commercials like my name is hot sauce I have the potion to tip it to you fast yes. or in slow motion all of it comes Ooh. flooding back very quickly and set free's the guy that came up with this entire idea which is insane I mean he actually started an entire wave yeah uh, with the culture and obviously uh that uh a wave that continues in the NBA now with players like Kyrie Irving, right? Like, cause he just plays in that, that street ball style of play, but also, I don't know if you guys remember, but the Nike commercial that came out shortly afterwards, like everyone was trying to promote this street ball, this new entertaining uh, way of, of playing basketball. Mike, it was every, it was perfect right in, uh, it meshed right when everyone's obsessed with reality TV as well. So yep. on ESPN, we were watching the Madden tournaments live. Those the, those Madden games, and everyone's traveling on the bus playing Madden against each other. And then there's the street ball, and everyone's traveling. Uh, they came to Louisville, Kentucky. Escalade, who's a Louisville, yeah. uh, who played for University of Louisville, the big guy. He was uh, he was actually on the team. So it was it was important. It was it's special. Like even now, driving around Louisville, we drive past the court that the N one mixtape crew would always pull up at and we're just like oh look that's what they used to come well you even think about it too uh, how it affects the modern nba i always think of the high school mixtapes that we see coming out now where you get guys True. that are coming music. up yeah all, all that stuff being set to music very much traces its lineage back to this so hugely impactful set free is a guy that has also gone and ended up consulting for a bunch of hip-hop albums, was a part of a lot of stuff that you saw in the last few years with NBA players and the Play for Change shirts that became so popular in the wake of everything that happened in 2020, the death of George Floyd, the Seven Hats as well. So, uh, Sefri Richardson is a part of a new partnership with DraftKings and some great things they're going to be doing around the NBA coverage for DK. So, really cool to catch up with him. Uh, he's a... Very interesting historical through line for the NBA and someone that your favorite players probably know. Yeah, and obviously he's an artist. He's obsessed with art. He uh, teamed up with uh, Ron English for uh, a black Charlie Brown toy line statues that he's he's in. But with him being obsessed with art, Mike, that's why I think the greatest mixtape ever created or the greatest mixtape ever which is the name of the 30 for 30 that he uh, was executive producer with talking about the n1 mixtape days in new york uh the, the creation of the yeah where hip-hop was born um was the cartoons how they told the story mike the, the way he like leaned into animation to to recreate and reenact these these moments was something new for 30 for 30s that i i really did enjoy yeah, it, it, it was definitely a cool flavor to it that you can tell came. Except for he's just a very interesting guy, and I think that'll that'll shine through in this uh, interview very much so. So excited to talk to him about that. Uh, speaking of him, we have uh, decided that as the NBA season got started in the last couple of days, it is early on. We know that a lot of you like us who are people that are listening, to, uh, watching and listening football first and foremost, to come to this podcast expecting that. 
most of us in the national media end up parking basketball season till December 25th. Like Christmas Day, that hallowed holiday for NBA where you park it on there, you get all the great games. That's kind of the unofficial start of the season for a lot of people. That being said, I'll give the NBA credit. Some pretty compelling opening couple of nights slates of game. Some pretty good matchups and some pretty good performances. And so, in honor of that, every once in a while when we feel like dipping a toe into the NBA waters, the uh, him report, since that's become so pervasive and we just can't help but spill it out there. Um, my favorite, one of my favorite basketball podcasts is the Hoop Collective with Brian Windhorst and those guys over at ESPN. So the him yep. collective will heretofore be known as the portion of this podcast where we just barf out names of guys that went out there and bald. So we'll have that new NFL top five from me and dad that's going to drop today uh, for DraftKings also. And the one team that I have reluctantly now jammed into my top five because Brandon looking around the NFL landscape at this point and Thursday night's football matchup between the Cardinals and the Saints is kind of indicative of, I just don't know how many teams there are that you can actually come close to trusting right now. So that's the point we're kind of at early in this NFL season. But Brandon, before we get to any of that, um, I have been so excited for the last couple of days to bother you about what the hell is going on with the Los Angeles Lakers. And everyone who downloads, subscribes, rates, and reviews this podcast, leaves us a five-star rating, and checks us out on YouTube, always sees the Lakers jersey in the background of your screen on YouTube, understands that you're a big fan of this team. And I just said all that stuff about it being game one and how there's nothing to really take away from most of these games as we're just getting back into shit. But the Lakers seem particularly messy through one game. Like, it's a land speed record for how quickly... Brandon, you're going to deny... Given everything going on in the landscape with the NBA, let's start in California with the Golden State Warriors, the, the reigning NBA champs. Or you can go East Coast with... Kevin Durant, who asked to be traded. Like, of all those things, you want to highlight the messy Lakers? Oh, the me- Lakers are so messy. I see. This is your testament to the ultimate rule in sports, which is I can make fun of and be critical of my bad team, but an outsider cannot do it. Because if I were to frame this another way, I could see a world where if I hadn't told you this is what I was interested in talking about with the Lakers, and I had tried to talk glowingly about this team, you would have shit all over them. Oh, okay. mm, fair. And with that, let me try to execute the power of listening. Tell me what you want to talk about with these quote-unquote messy Lakers. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. So, my whole thing with the Lakers is, Brandon, is yes, you're right. Not the most interesting story of the offseason, particularly mostly because they didn't do anything this offseason besides sign Pat Beverly and act like that was a thing. So, yes, they were dormant for most of the offseason, and now we get to this part of the season. And, yes, the Brooklyn Nets went out and lost badly to the New Orleans Pelicans night one. That was a thing that happened for a team that did have all that drama go on this offseason, that had Ben Simmons come back for his first game and play poorly in a way that I think I'm more willing to understand the most. And I've been plenty critical of some of the things that Ben Simmons has said and done, but he hasn't played basketball in like a year and a half. 
The last time we what? saw him was in the Eastern Conference playoffs against the Hawks when he had that fourth quarter where he wouldn't shoot. And for him to come back and go 4-5-5 five, and five, and foul out of that game, and he was talking about cramping, and he said, he's like, I was a little too excited and probably wasn't ready for how my body would feel coming back to competitive basketball. I said, yeah, no shit. Like, this guy had been yeah. off the court with a back injury for a long time, had been dealing with the mental health, uh, you know, dealing with the mental health side of thing that he had talked about as a result of so much of the way that he was covered and the way things went for him in Philly, that I was kind of like, well, yeah, if I'm going to afford someone a little bit of time, it's probably him. Mike, at the first game of the season, the person you should give some time to is everyone. Everyone, Mike. There's a reason why all these games were really good. It's because all the starters played deep into the fourth quarter because they need conditioning right now. So when I saw that, uh, shout out to Stat Muse. I'm sure we'll talk about them um, uh, as this podcast goes along. They always put a nice graphic up of the stat line and a silly uh, image of the player. When I saw that uh, Ben Simmons went out there and fouled six times, I was like, oh, shit, he active. Yeah. I was like, good for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that means he was around the floor chasing the ball, like, trying. Like, we haven't seen Ben Simmons try for a very long time. So, like, yeah, let's not uh, focus on the box score the first time he's tried in a year. It, it, it is. It's like when a young quarterback throws a bunch of interceptions. He's like, no, that's good. We want you to try it down the field. We want you to be aggressive yeah. with the football and make a few mistakes. That was what we talked about with Nate Tyson, Justin Herbert. Go ahead and throw it in some risky spots here. Go on with your bad self. So the Ben Simmons yeah. thing, willing to excuse a little bit. And I think for the most part with that team, with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, you look and say, all right, Kevin Durant still went out there and balled pretty hard, 32 points in 32 minutes. Kyrie Irving, yeah. now that he can be back there full time, is usually pretty potent I guess that's why I sort of put that team to the side and I'm like all right yeah night one versus a team with Zion coming back who looked like he wanted to send a message that he was back and did we'll get to them but Brandon Ingram the Lakers thing was interesting to me just because of how quickly and this is part and part because they're an old team Right, We feel like we know them. It's a little bit more set in who they are. And who they were wasn't very good last year. And so to see, very few changes made this offseason. And then after game one of the season, to hear Russell Westbrook come out and say, yes, I believe my hamstring injury was a result of me having to come off the bench for the first time in 14 years. And me not being used to warming up for that. And for LeBron James to sit up after looking like an R&B singer on a cruise ship, holding the microphone like it's the tiniest thing in the world, saying... Yeah, you know what? We got some open looks, but maybe it's because we're being given those open looks, and that's because we're not a team constructed of great shooting. That kind of what sounded like frustrated honesty from a man who most people are going to say put together the team that has not been constructed of great shooting just surprised me a little bit because that's the version of LeBron that we always get in January. The version of LeBron that's kind of salty with the current state of the roster and understands I need to make it clear to management we're going to be active at the trade deadline. That kind of honesty game one... I was taken aback a bit, and I wasn't sure how to process that. To be fair, I am not nervous about that level of honesty from LeBron. Uh, Russell Westbrook started the first game of the season, so for him to even say any of that is – because that was during preseason when he was coming off the bench. It's like, okay, how would you warm up during the preseason, Mr. Westbrook? Like – 
he's already looking a little disengaged. I'm not going to get too much into he, him. He looks he looks LeBron. miserable. Like not even just like it's not even the lack of engagement. He out in the court, it's amazing. Even when he's going to the basket and making plays, Brandon, he looked like he was having zero fun out there. That man for was been one of the most fearsome competitors in the NBA since he stepped foot in there. And from free throw line to free throw line has been one of the faster, more vicious players in the league. He just looked yeah. like he, the, the light was totally stolen from him. But he still was producing, Mike. I mean, he was close to a triple-double triple at the end of yeah, that. Like, he's that's he's the always point. going like, to be. We don't need – huh? He's always going to be close to a triple-double. Okay, but here's the thing. Yes, uh, fair. That's his MVP season. But our second MVP – right? No? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, he's coming off the bench. He's He's – Role players aren't supposed to be happy, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Like, there's a reason why you come in and you know what you have to do. You got to go out there and do it, right? Like, JaVale McGee is only happy on social media. Like, I think there's a reality to uh, him realizing who he needs to be for this team, but also recognizing the fact that he needs to be productive to be traded somewhere that's going to mean something somewhere that he wants to be, right? Like, it probably sucks that he is, like Katie Nolan talked about people in new places. It sucks that he's at a new job and it's back in his hometown and it's for the team he probably always dreamed of playing for and it's not great, right? Well, And it's with LeBron and a bunch of his friends. It's just not great. It's not great right now. It's not great right now, and I think the one thing, because when you pose that idea of, potentially getting traded to another team that might give him more of the opportunities that he wants. That's what we've seen from Russ for the last few years, right? Where he got sent to bad situations and he ended up making the best of them. And he ended up usually making them better and dragging these teams, especially in his tenure with Washington, True. ended up kind of dragging them to a place we didn't think they were going to go the way that roster ended up being. And there's something to that. And then if you're going to go and say, I might take a lesser role on a good team, that's palatable. But when you're coming off the bench for a Lakers team that does not look like it's going to be very good and wasn't last year, that's a little bit harder to stomach, right? It's one thing of late in your career, it's like, all right, I'm going to come off and play big bench minutes for us and be a huge lift, and it's going to be part of the reason why we're a championship outfit. Everyone involved seems to be kind of looking around, and that's the thing about LeBron's reaction that sort of took me back is, when we think about some of what we've seen so far this year, a very frustrated Tom Brady in the NFL barking at people on the sideline, LeBron James after game one giving a very, very way too candid assessment of this roster, it reeks of guys that are great and have been around a long time, I'd imagine can ID when it looks right and when it doesn't very quick, right? Like in my own in my own in my own little world, Brandon, I always think about like all right, I played college football on the offensive line. If you give me generally any team to watch for a little bit, it's not going to take me long to watch whatever group they've got up front and be able to look and go, all right, the parts work right here. Things look familiar. This offensive line is technically sound. I see what they're trying to execute or I don't. And that to me can kind of reflect back on how they're taking coaching, what this group is going to be able to do, how that team uses them. All those things can communicate to me pretty quickly. And I'm sure for you, the same thing is true about defensive line where you can tell pretty quickly because you've been around it long enough to know what it's supposed to look like and what it's not supposed to look like and how that generally tends to work. Now, take that out to the highest level 
roles for guys like LeBron and Tom Brady who have been around for a long time, who have been a part of the championship teams, who have been the part in the middle of these championship teams and have some of the highest IQs for their sport ever. And for LeBron, I'm sure it's very easy to look around and take a snapshot and go, all right, I've been a part of so many of these runs. I can usually identify the seeds that'll grow into something good. And this just didn't it right now. And I'm I'm pretty comfortable calling it out if I'm LeBron. Yeah, but I think you're, as much as the grace that we're trying to give Ben Simmons, I think you got to think about LeBron as a player coach. And I think he's got, trying to give that grace to uh, Anthony Davis. Right, who hasn't played for a long time, and he knows that LeBron James knows that he is the best player on the team right now, but he can't be if that team is going to do anything of note in the playoffs or in in the in the postseason at all. So, I don't think it, I think it's less of LeBron being disappointed or pessimistic about the future for this Lakers team. I think it's more of him understanding the narrative around it, right? Like, well, I just, I, this team I think isn't it's... going to get good. This, this team isn't going to contend until it gets past the, the trade, the trade uh, deadline in February. This team's not going to contend until it gets shooters. Like, Period. But that's not going to happen for, that's not going to happen for a very long time. But in, but Mike here, no, I, I said all a bunch of stuff. But I want to get to my point. LeBron knows that this season is about him chasing Kareem's all time scoring record. Unfortunately, just how on Kobe's last season, not that this is LeBron's last season with the Lakers, but just like in Kobe's last season, it was about Kobe's exit, right? So I think what people need to focus on and what he's focused on is he's going he's gonna to cross that threshold before the games start to matter, right? And I think right now it is all about getting the team meshed, get the young player, because they do have a young roster right now, one of the youngest rosters they've had since LeBron has been there, getting all those those uh, players acclimated and, and used to playing with each other while LeBron, LeBron chases stats. Like, this is what's going on. This is what's going to happen right now. And we just hope everyone stays healthy in, in the meantime. But it's not LeBron. It's Anthony Davis that needs to do something to help this team be where they need to be because LeBron is the perfect two and the perfect three for a championship team right but now. I'm, like, but I'm saying, like, none of that's going to matter if they can't shoot because unless Anthony Davis is full bubble Anthony Davis and you're able to lift it like that – you're not a team comprised of, and that's why LeBron mentioned it, because that's been LeBron's entire career where it's been space him with shooters and let him play point forward. And now that you're spacing him with guys like, I think there's a Matt Ryan on this team who is a G League guy and who I just yes. look at as other Matt Ryan, and all they talked about was he was brought up here to be the shooter, and then I proceeded to watch him miss every shot. Granted, it's game one. It just seemed like a really ominous start for all of this, and a reminder that the Lakers did do a whole lot of nothing this offseason and relative to improving. It's not a whole lot of nothing. I mean, but Brandon, There's a whole lot Brandon, of nothing with big Brandon, names. No, not big names. Relative to what their problems are. We said last okay. year they were old and didn't buy, find shooters. And so what do they do this year? They went out and they added not a lot of shooting on the outside. They didn't go and correct the problem that looked like the obvious one between last year and this year. And that's why even one game in, which is, again, the fact that we're having this conversation and the fact that I'm reacting like this one game in is laughable. But at the same time, the NBA is much more known commodity year to year than its NFL counterpart because injury is less part of this because the game tends to hold over year to year because it's a less violent sport like there's a lot of reasons why basketball is easier to usually predict year to year than its NFL counterpart is just the violence of one sport over another makes that difficult because of the level of injury and just because of how dependent all the other parts are on one another as opposed to basketball where if you're really good 
one player can impact the game far more than one player in the NFL outside of the quarterbacks, and so it's easier to hold year over year, which is why we can look at this team and probably feel a little bit more comfortable about some of the problems coming up because they were last year's problems that didn't get changed based on the roster to this year. I hear you, but I think injury is more important in NBA than you're giving credit for because we saw last season with uh, with the Bucks with Middleton out, like that, that made a difference. Uh, with AD out, that made a difference. Oh, I'm not like, saying it. I'm not saying the, it doesn't make a difference. It absolutely, and it has for the Lakers. We've seen the seasons where they've missed the postseason, right? Because LeBron's dealt with long stretches of injury. Last year, when him and Anthony Davis were both out, I, I'm not discounting the fact that injury affects the game. I'm just saying that more often than not, year to year, it's not something that tanks it nearly as much. It's not. I'm saying. It, it, I'm. I'm uh, listen, I'm I'm acquitting myself poorly here. I'm saying this poorly. It affects the outcome of seasons. I'm saying that okay. because football is a sport with 22 people on the field as opposed to 10, yes. and because the name of the game is violent collisions, we see a yes. lot more variance. We see years where players that looked very good will come back the next season and all of a sudden fall off a cliff. I, I heard Dominique Foxworth talking the other day on Mina Kimes' podcast about J.C. Jackson in the Chargers secondary mm-hmm. and how you can be a good corner and come out and play bad in a season and not be a bad player, but you can make a bunch of bad plays that that position's a little bit weird and variable. And then right, that's right, something right. a lot more germane to football than it is to basketball was my only point. Not that injury doesn't okay. affect the outcome of seasons. And so Brandon, no, while we're you. talking about the NBA, we've talked so negatively about these teams before we mentioned the him collective. We do want to shout out some people that were actually balling out here in these first couple of nights because this will probably be just the only intermittent check-ins we have with the NBA during football season. So, uh, Brandon, I want to start this off as we just barf out players that are out here balling that are actually him. You said his name before. Brandon Ingram, for all the talk about Zion Williamson coming back, and he was electric. Zion Williamson went out there and absolutely balled. I think uh, for him, 25 points in this game on 30 minutes, he was 25, 9, 3, and 4. So nine rebounds, three assists, four steals in that game. Brandon Ingram, 20, 28, 7, and 5. And looked every bit like there were so many sequences in that game where Brandon Ingram was being guarded by Kevin Durant on the other end. And it looked like yeah. the Spider-Man pointing meme between the two. Where Brandon Ingram's yeah. even a little bit thicker at this point and looks like he's put on mm-hmm. decent weight over the last few years. And is just so fluid for his size and so long and was able to be one of the few people that can go up pull off and execute competent moves, especially around the top of the key, and then shoot over Kevin Durant. Like, he's got a lot of the same shit to him. I'm not saying he's Kevin Durant, but I'm saying he seems really fucking good, and he's been trending this way since he got to the Pelicans, and that dude definitely <sighs> reeked of him last night. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's he's been trending this way since he got in the league. You know what I mean? It's just the Lakers... Uh, the Lakers squandered a lot of that talent, and that's why I had to lose all of it. You know, it the, they had they had Randall uh, or Julius Randall, who <laughs> became a, an All Star with the Knicks. Brandon Ingram, who's going to end up being an All Star with the Pelicans. Uh, Josh Hart, like I don't Lonzo Ball, like all those things. But I think it was interesting that the game turned out the way it did because there was a quote from Kevin Durant 
talking about Brandon Ingram that was circulating the internet before this game, and he said he's one of the most – Kevin Durant said of Brandon Ingram, he's one of the most oppressive players I've seen in the league for a very long time. And I think it's because Brandon Ingram is obsessed with the game the way that all these other, like, he-him guys are. And he's just in the lab a lot. Uh, he changes his hairstyle every year. He's got a lot of girlfriends that are uh, in the game watching him, allegedly. But – Yes, Brandon Ingram is is great, and but I don't know if he – there's a lot of great players in the NBA that don't make noise. I, I imagine he is going to be one of those people that makes, makes noise, but it's one of those things where, like, even when the Pelicans are in the playoffs, you just don't believe – it's well, like the, the Nuggets. It's, one, it's like that, that's going to fall off at some point. It, it's Yeah, it's hard to believe there, and it's also he's never going to be the brightest star in the room. Like, that's always going to be Zion True. with this team if he's healthy and on the floor, and you understand why. There's a gravity to that player. I'm just saying the guy next to him – from a pure basketball skill standpoint, is certainly on par with that. He just doesn't have the same physical gifts as Zion, and that's always going to be the separator. Zion is extremely skilled. It's insane to watch that guy's body control for how quickly he is moving, how much shorter he is than most of the people he's going up against, and how much that does not matter when he erases that gap with it. So, Brandon Ingram, uh, definitely him. He was actually uh, right on the outside of the top 12 he him list from the NBA after after one game played. You mean Mike? I'm, I'm looking at. I pulled up the stats for the most points in the NBA uh, after one game. Do you know who's on the top of this list, Mike? I I don't. Demar Derozan. The more I hear it, the more I like it. Or what is it? <laughs> oh God! Whatever the you remember the Drake commercial. No. Anyways, the the Drake and Will Ferrell commercial with him. No. He's like, DeMar, what kind of name is DeMar? The more I hear it, the more I hate it. Um, but anyways, yes, DeMar DeRozan at the top with 37 points, Mike. Over over 63% or 66% from the three. I, I, I always forget about how great DeMar DeRozan is because he's one of those people too. Well, he's like that Brandon Ingram. DeMar DeRozan also, level like, of star. I feel like has had – a different turnover in Chicago where he was borderline MVP for a lot of last season. He was in that conversation during yeah. the portion of the middle of the year. And it was just him having to get away from obviously Toronto where you had him as a part of that backcourt duo for so long with Kyle Lowry. And then that changes up. He goes to San Antonio and then they finally get the win over there. Like I had always joked meanly in my younger days and called him DeMar to regular season because they were always so great and then they would hit that postseason wall. And, and it's unfair because that postseason wall was LeBron James with the Cavaliers and the Heat. One of the best players we've ever seen in the prime of his career. I, well, yeah, and I, and I feel bad because Kyle Lowry, the guy who stayed in Toronto, got a chance to win a championship because of the claw who's back with the Clippers now and the Lakers have to see tonight and the Lakers are uh, plus five point uh, plus five and a half uh, for that game. But what's most impressive about DeMar DeRozan right now, obviously Lonzo's uh, not playing, but 14 field goals made Mike. That's the most out of any uh, NBA player within the, the first game, uh, tying Jalen Brown in his attempt, but 14 on 22, that's even better, Mike. Like, DeMar DeRozan, I don't know how much of a splash, because Zach Levine and those, you're talking about the brightest star on that team. Like, I don't know if DeMar DeRozan ever will get that 
that uh, mantle. But first game uh, of the season, he's number one on the list of a lot of hymns. Well, he can be right up there with Ja Morant also because Ooh. last night's Knicks-Grizzlies game to start off the year. Obviously, Ooh. because it's the Knicks, it's always going to be a draw. And the Grizzlies have become that team. They were the most exciting team in last year's postseason. Full stop. Yep. They were the best draw. Their series against Golden State was the best series that we saw in that postseason because they don't give a fuck. They want to go out there and ball and rub your nose in it. I said last night, John Morant's solution to every problem is jump as high as humanly possible and try and put someone on a poster. Their last possession of regulation in a game that the Grizzlies won in overtime was John Morant getting the ball at the top of the key and then trying to jump flat on over somebody, getting called for a charge, understandably so, and sending that game to overtime because, again, his solution is always, I will solve my problems with a aggression and I love that about him I know I loved it I also love that it was uh, Jalen Brunson was involved uh, for the Knicks just because uh, I don't know I don't know it's just because it was a, it was a he took a took a charge and that's why that those those yeah. points just didn't end up counting but I Mike drama John Morant much like the Justin Jefferson conversation of being the best wide receiver going into the league I honestly feel like John Moran's been putting the league on notice the last couple of years. This last season is one of the more unanimous. Like, everyone understands that he is him, maybe the top of the him totem pole. Like, I think I think this is going to result in in a deep playoff run now. Like, this is like this is like Murray State. Uh, well, this is like Murray State uh, – John Morant that and, we're seeing. And remember, he got hurt in the postseason last year, and they ended up playing without him for a while in that series against Golden State yeah. and still made it more competitive than they had any right to. So that's a team just DNA-wise, top to bottom on that roster, is super interesting. Like Jaron Jackson Jr., physical force on that team. All these yeah. guys. Like it was Steve Adams coming off the bench. It was so much fun to watch last year, man. So I, I am very excited. If the most him energy, like everything encapsulated by that word that we've all just abused into the ground at this point, truly is John Morant, who after they were exited from the postseason last year, started getting on IG live and like drinking and smoking with his friends partying at the yes. crib. It was incredible in a way that I'm sure made Adam Silver very uncomfortable. Um South Carolina's finest. Stand up. Uh, Brandon, last one that I had down here uh, in the world of basketball, Paolo Bancaro, who last time on Dragon Ball Z we saw being mistaken by Formula One race side interviewers for Patrick Mahomes in a way that felt yes. a little bit more racist than I was comfortable with, um, which yes. I guess would be any amount of racism. I don't know why I phrased it like that because then it sounds like I'm comfortable <laughs> well, with a certain know, amount yeah. of racism. <laughs> we all have our thresholds. He was the first rookie with 25, 5, and 5 in his debut since LeBron James. That's that's I pretty mean, pretty good company. And also, to do it for the Orlando Magics, it feels a little bit like Spider-Man pointing memes. We're going to stop mentioning that on today's podcast. But like for a franchise that's been struggling and just has that draft pick... Like I don't believe in the Orlando Magic's. Who does? But uh, Kevin the Kevin Clark when they're Kevin on, Clark at the Ringer believes in the Orlando Magic, and will I'm sure right now his ears are burning hearing you slander his team. <laughs> well, I'll say this: uh, the the last I'll say the last. There's one honorable mention for he him, and it's because of Steph Curry. Because you know, obviously we saw what he did. It was it was amazing, and I love forgetting how good Steph Curry is. Like everyone's like. 
up in arms about it. I love forgetting. I love watching him for the first time. I was like, oh, oh, that's right. He grew up watching N one too. Oh, he's a great shooter. Oh, he just has a high basketball. Game. Oh, he can play defense. Like I love like being surprised by Steph Curry. But the perfect he him moment, Mike, that is uh, Goten and Trunks doing the fusion fusion dance, talking about Messi. The Boston Celtics getting their first win of the season and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum combining for 70 points, 35 each. Like that seems like they're picking up where they left off uh, for the finals, their finals run. And that is a great, uh, when it, cause we're talking about he and him, this is really basketball, it's about a team, right? Like those two coming together and being the stars of that Boston Celtics team is very exciting. So what would their perfect fusion name be? Ooh. Because Jason and Jalen are both no, pretty similar sounding. They're both J names. Oh yeah, this should be easy to to mix them. But like, if you just if you just mix them, Jalen. No, that's Jalen. That's the problem. Is if it's you mix close. their names, it's just the other's name. <laughs> oh, I got it! I got it! You ready? They fuse to become JJ. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Their powers combined, fusion ho, they become JJ and take, and they're doing it right now after all the stuff. I mean, they're down in Ime Yudoka, one of the coaches that changed the course of that season last year and is credited for yeah. as such. And you had all that preseason drama surrounding that, that in addition to being an overwhelming thing that people talked about around that team, also ends up taking away a coach that was extremely helpful and beneficial to your squad. So uh, you're right. Yeah. All these things definitely giving and deserving of him energy. Um, we appreciate that. And again, who knows? This could be the last time we talk about basketball for months. This could be the start of... Wednesdays during the middle of the season where, oh, all right, if you're willing to actually... And this is the other part of it too, Brandon. I'm realizing now in my peanut brain why this is happening. The load management hasn't started yet. We haven't had to worry about yes. these Wednesday night primetime games where players are now in the middle of a season. They're not playing themselves back into shape anymore. So this is why we should enjoy this one and appreciate the fact that we're getting a lot of good on good right now that probably won't exist this time in November. Yeah, this is the, in my mind, this is the NBA's preseason that matters. Yes, exactly. And we greatly appreciate that from them. Uh, speaking of things that matter, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to talk to Set Free Richardson about what he has got cooked up in the kitchen with the folks at DraftKings for coverage of the NBA this season. Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. 
Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. All right, this is really cool for us. Really cool uh, project DraftKings is involved in. You guys see DraftKings, and we're covering the NFL, the NBA, but DraftKings wanted to go a step further and make sure that as they're covering the NBA this upcoming season, it's not just everything on the court, it's off the court, it's the culture surrounding basketball, and in order to do that, they linked up with some of the best in the business, including our next guest, Setfree Richardson. Is culture curator like the best catch-all term that you think describes who you are and what you do? Would that be accurate? Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, I, I, I'll go with that. It sounds great. I might have to um, check Wikipedia, but I like that. Hey, well, and everyone else may know, uh, curator over at the compound, well yep. known for his role in launching the An One mixtape, the An One mixtape tour, all the great things that guys like me and Brandon grew up watching. So, uh, Setfree, first off, we appreciate you coming by and chopping it up with us. How you doing? I'm blessed, man. Thank you for the opportunity, man. Um, Yes, it's been an amazing ride, man. DraftKings is incredible. It's just, you know, compound means two things coming together. So this is this is a perfect compound for us. And for people that might not be aware, because it's a really cool concept, what you you brought together with Compound. What explain kind of what the setup is and the idea around Compound for you and what you've been trying to create there. Well, you know, basically everything in life is about putting two or three things together. You know. Peanut butter and jelly, man and wife, grits and eggs. So, you know, um, that's, that extends in culture, you know, and it, it started really when I, you know, first really understood it was, you know, putting hip hop music to street ball footage on the mixtapes. And, um, you know, it was always trying to connect two different things that not, not two totally different things that didn't make sense, but things that come together that was already there. And, um, that was the name where compound came for the brand and, and the space and just everything that I do. And well, so now, your, yeah, go ahead, Brandon. Well, I was saying, uh, I was, you know, in, in our perusing, uh, yeah. you did an interview with the boardroom, uh, Karen Durant's company. And in yeah. that, you said something that's really stuck with me. You said art is everything, ah, right? Like is. Art, art is everything. And I, and I hear you on that, but do you mind, uh, just, uh, just kind of diving deeper into that for our audience? Yeah. So, you know, well, now we, we look at things, right? You know, you say that's a nice building or that's a nice car, but you know, we skip the stages of the, um, the architectural drawing of that building. You know, we skip the stages of that car was drawn first. You know, even on when you look at sports logos, you know, like I always want to know who did the Chicago Bulls logo, who did the New York Knicks logo. But, you know, they it's the word art is skipped over because now it's a logo or it's a car, but it's really art first and then it's a logo. And you've had a lot of art that's become logos that's been really popular around the NBA. People may have seen the seven hats worn by Kyle Lowry and a number of very well-known NBA stars, the play for change shirts that you were a part of with the league in the last couple of years. What's it mean for you to see the art that you've been a part of being still embraced so much by the guys in the league right now? Uh, it's, it's just a, it's still, it's a, you know, it's a humbling experience. I'm, I'm honored that, you know, my ideas, 
you know, get the manifest that comes to fruition, but then to get, the, you know, to get some support from some of the world's greatest athletes um, on and off the court, you know, it's, it's just a, it's a feeling that never goes away. And we've seen that. You mentioned the N1 mixtapes, the way that that came together with basketball, the surrounding culture with NBA players who clearly have drawn influence from that. As you look back now, you just had the 30 for 30 that came out not too long ago, looking back at everything in the way that came together and talking to some of the players, Lou Will, Kyrie Irving, these guys that watched and grew up on that kind of basketball culture. How do you still see that reflected in the current NBA today? Well, I mean, I think it's just... I mean, like last night I was literally just at the Celtics game and um, a Jay-Z record came on. It was, it was the timeout and the, and the players is in the timeout reading the book, but, you know, still bobbing their head and vibing. It's, um, I just think it's not going nowhere. You know, music, I say the heartbeat is the game and music is the pulse. You know, mm-hmm. it's, um, it goes hand in hand. The, the way the ball bounces – it's the same way the drum hits. And, um, you know, I think it motivates the players. You know, look how the beats by Dre got fined years ago by headphones coming down the tunnel so much. And I think some of the people probably was like, I'll pay the fine, but I'm listening to my music. So I think it influences the game, warm-ups during the game, the DJs now. How many times you see on TV, you kind of hear a record in the background under the announcer. Or or guys coming up the court with a he's coming up the court with, with a different swag when that record is being played. So it's um the music is it's just a it's a undertone of the game. Now I, I want to talk about your connection to music. Obviously, DJ Set Free is is how how you got your name. You were a DJ originally uh, when you were creating this N One mixtape. You just had the tapes and you were mixing at the same time. And uh, you, you say that it was a a dunk uh, connected to a snare and uh, just a connection, the through yeah. line of two. So that was, and also you're ahead of your time knowing that it had to be new music put on this mixtape because that's what yeah. mixtapes are. It's not about, you know, it's their, their originality the to it. So, yep. so yeah, that was, that was one nine, nine, nine. Right. Yep. So that yep. was, that was when it was created. And I'm going to take you to another uh, former art and comedy. In 2003, we saw Dave Chappelle parody the N1 mixtapes mixtape with the, with the, uh, <laughs> the normal like type of uh, like baseball and, it was baseball. and, and, and golf then when, and, it was one with um, Prince. Shouts out to A.O. because A.O. was the stunt double for Prince. Oh, oh man. Yeah. I had no idea. Literally, we Damn. went. I, we, I remember <laughs> we went to the Chappelle show and A.O. was the one dribbling in the, in the purple outfit and everything. But, yeah, nah, Chappelle's a big fan and did a baseball skit of the A.O. one mixtape. So, yeah, it, it made its mark through comedy also. So, Seth Free, speaking of all that, you've been a part of watching the intersection and helping influence the intersection between sports and culture for a long time. DraftKings getting involved now. We see different technology coming in around sports, different influences like that. How do you continue to see this league kind of being at the forefront of that? Basketball as a sport continuing to intersect with culture as it's changed now. Yeah, I think, well, you know, technology is a, is a big part of the game now, the analytics and just from training the shot and, you know, DraftKings, of course, is based on technology. So, you know, it's like looking towards the future. And then, you know, also it's like it's a, a, a culture of basketball, you know, the, the betting culture, the, the action in the game. And then then all the pillars that we're, we're bringing together with this collaboration of, of highlighting the culture of basketball from fashion to music 
to technology, to entrepreneurialism, art, you know, the game has always been celebrated and the action is celebrated, but, you know, DraftKings is helping celebrate the culture around basketball. And I, I think it's just a, it's time for that. You know, we, we see what's happening with the tunnel. You know, you don't have to go to Paris no more to look at a fashion show. You could just watch the beginning of ESPN now and, and look at all the outfits coming down the runway or the tunnel, however you want to call it. It feels like runway at this point, man. You said you were at the Celtics game the other night there. I mean, as you're around like these current NBA players and see that, who sticks out to you as the guys that feel like they're really at the center of fashion meets basketball or music meets basketball and all these different avenues? It's, it's, you know what? It's, it's so many. Like One of my favorites is Jordan Clarkson when it you know, come to fashion. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Tatum is definitely – he has some pieces. P.J. Tucker, one of my favorite when it comes to the, to the shoe world. You know, LeBron's an A&R right now. You know, we, we always catch LeBron in his car listening to new music, you know, listening to the Benny, the Butch, Butcher, the Conways, and, you know, seeing seeing players play the music when they, like, they're turning some of the kids on to their, to their favorite artists, you know. Um, you have DeAndre Ayton with the huge chain on at the press conference. It's like, it's just so many pillars, and, um, you know, it's um, just an honor and a blessing that we get to partner with, you know, DraftKings to compound both of these things together to show the basketball culture. I was thinking about compounding culture together and just basketball. Obviously, hip hop started in New York, mm-hmm. synonymous with our people, black people, basketball, culture, all these things synonymous with black people. But betting is something that's kind of new. Well, I say we, you know, I wouldn't say that betting on a on a on a on a sports book is a little <laughs> bit different uh, than than what we've seen come when it comes to our culture. Yep. How do you see that bridge the gap to our culture and how we usually consume basketball? I mean, you know, I'll give another example um, just to show you how you know life transitions and and then connect it back to um you know betting and basketball, but. You know, growing up for us, it was it was Tuesday or Wednesday on a sneaker line. We was not we was not thinking about ever buying sneakers on the app. Even when it came out, it was like you heard all the excuses. I got to feel it. I got to touch it. I I want to smell it. You know, like. But now we are we are online. Get it? What is it? Got them? Not got them? You know. So um, same with the betting culture. You know, 60s, 70s is the number spot. You know, then. 90s 80s poppy spot and now you know i think the transition is is you know you have your phone in your hand what 21 hours a day um you're checking the game you're checking the stats now you might as well place your bets you know so i think it's just it's already happening but you know when you look at i always make a lot of examples of say left hand right hand when you look at that that sneaker analogy on the left hand we're doing the same kind of flow is happening for um, betting on on technology. It, it is. It's such a different part of sports now, but it's one that has become so much of a part of it. It's one of the many changes, and I'm curious because you're like a you're like a through line of basketball history surrounding the culture of this sport. You've seen so much of it. So for you, what's one of your favorite things about? the NBA culture we got right now, and what's something you missed from back when you were first getting involved in all of this that you kind of wish could be brought back into the current game? Um, hard fouls. Um, let, 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 let the players play, you know. Um, I think, 
you know, in the paint, I don't even, I don't even know if there's any more paint on the floor because uh, nobody's in the paint, you know. But um, <laughs> I seen AD the other night um, backing somebody down. I seen Rudy Gobert just literally backing five step turnaround dunk. It's like the paint has to come back. You know, that is let's take it to the, uh, it's almost and zero now. It's not nobody's going. Mm. It's, it's not a lot. The game is a you know. A, a long ball game now, which is great, and it's changed the game. Shouts out to Steph Curry for what he did, but I, I, I would love just to see, you know, um, we have a new Twin Towers in Minnesota. You know, like, uh, um, Cat, uh, I, I really want, would love to see like they the new Spurs. You know, like with Cat and Rudy, like if they go in that paint and do what the, the you know, what the, what we grew up seeing. I, I just think it could be a um, a dominant force and make the game fun again, a different part of fun that I don't think the younger generation got to see the, the wars in, in, in the, in the square box. No, well, I think know, that always fashion, is at the center of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, art and fashion, everything always comes back. Right. Yeah. But it's going to be hard to see it now that we're moving to positionless basketball. Right, like yeah. we we don't see LeBron's playing the five. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. I, Ben Simmons, I, as, I heard, as, was talking about playing the five. I yeah, mean, and that could be good for them. <laughs> could be, could be, could be, no, I mean, it, you, I think it, I think it's you know I love seeing Ben play the five and KD play the five, and I mean it all started with Magic though. You know, Magic was the first person, to my knowledge, that could play yeah, one through yeah. five. Did yeah, they did it in the finals? So it changed everything. Totally, it did, and it, it is a lot different now. But I think we're we're getting to a time in the league here too with a lot of the young guys coming up. You got so many different body types and styles. Zion, if he stays healthy yep. this year, what Jaw's been doing with the Grizzlies? Like, do you have any of these up and coming guys or teams that you've been really excited to watch grow and continue this season? Yeah, no, I'm I'm super. Like I said, Minnesota uh, picking up Rudy, picking up my man Kyle Anderson, slow mo. Um, you know, yeah. Anthony Edwards is. I think they're gonna be ridiculous. Um, you got the, you know, you got Brandon Ingram and Zion at the Young Guns. You got CJ, half coach, half player on the floor general. So I think the combinations is what I'm. I'm really excited about. You know, you still got you still got D Book, Chris Paul. You know, you got this each one teach one thing going on with, with Young Guns. You know, connected with um, you know. Legends, and then you know um, that not not old the old generation, but a, a tier in the middle of that. You know, um, Emmanuel quickly one of my favorite. Um, uh, Maxi on the Sixers, another one I, I love. Just so many um, ice tray in Atlanta, so many young guns. But you know, you got the vets. You know, a lot of we got a lot of injuries back this year. You know, we got um, we got the Claw, <laughs> uh, LA, right. we got PG. You know. What they're gonna do over there? You got Pat Bev and seeing him with um, LeBron and who would who would have ever thought? You know, I mean, and now we we great get a, a healthy KD and a healthy Kyrie and a healthy Ben Simmons, like just that Trinity. Then the Sixers picked up. You know, you got the Philadelphia Rockets right now. Like that's what I call it. You got two. You got two teams <laughs> blended together. So you know, we got you got PJ Tucker and. Harden playing, it gave him his old familiar feel, and then you got Embiid, and you know it's it's gonna be a good season, man. I'm super excited. Um, and and like I said, all the pillars of from the fashion to the to the music to the to the art, just everything. 
So well, do you, you think you, uh, do you think James Harden's slippers and uh, and sleeping oh, pants it, qualify as fashion? Uh, he killed it. The, the pants was killer to me. He killed it. You know, <laughs> the, um, the slippers. He was very comfortable last night coming down the, the tunnel. He was he was comfortable. You know, the pants. It was like a wool fabric with the, the hanging drawstrings. He killed that. The top was the top was fire. I, my, not my color. I don't know if I could pull the purple off, but I I just thought he was he was comfortable. He was in his zone. And he was actually listening when you, the clips you see, you see him bopping. He was singing the music coming down, coming down the aisle. You see Draymond. Well, I, Draymond had the green money suit on. It was, uh, I, I, I say he looked like straight <laughs> like a, a villain. He looked like the Riddler coming in there, especially after putting his hands on his teammate. That was, that was, oh, that's kind of wild. But you, you spoken like a true East Coast guy saying you need to bring the hard foul back. Now between the Knicks, the the Nets, and I, we know you we were kind of raised in Philly. Uh, over there with the Sixers, do you have a team that you root for? It's yo, know, I try to take the LA cop out. I'm like, okay, LA got two teams. Well, technically, they got a couple, way more than that. You got Golden State, you got the Lakers, you got the Clippers. You could you could maybe throw San Antonio in there also. So I put all the LA teams, and that's how I look at my team. So I, I take the Trinity of Philly, New York, and um, Boston. So I like that. You know. All right, there we go. You got got all the bases covered on that one. Like you said, it's the compound. It's bringing all these different things together. Yep. Which now, is, I just uh, I'm just is, a fan of the game. You know, fan of the game, fan of the sport, and um, you know everything around the sport. And you know that's why the action. You know the action of the game, and that's why you know DraftKings is like the perfect partner to to bring the action to the game. Nope, and that's why I know they're excited to have you. We're excited to see what this partnership continues to build, especially around this upcoming uh, NBA season. Separate, we really appreciate you giving us some time, man. This was a ton of fun. Thank you so much, and uh, we're looking forward to what you guys keep cooking up in the compound. Totally, man. Let's do it again, man. Absolutely. Hey, when we get to New York, we're pulling up. Oh, please do. We got <laughs> yes. to get y'all a part of what, we, what we're working on. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans will feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. So before we get to our favorite part of this podcast, Brandon, every week DraftKings has me and my dad put out a list of our top five teams in the NFL leading into usually Thursdays because we got Thursday night football coming up, which we mentioned Saints and Cardinals, DeAndre Hopkins back for the Arizona Cardinals, who are about two and a half point favorite in this game, basically getting the home team love going up against uh, interesting team for the Saints, who is going to be down 
Um, Jarvis Landry in this game, Michael Thomas in this game, I believe Marshawn Lattimore on the other side if you're looking into what that matchup could look like secondary-wise. And so it's going to be interesting. The Saints have become much more of a rushing team. I was not aware the Cardinals had improved to an extent yards per carry number still not great on defense but better epa team on defense expected points added uh to that outfit there so an interesting enough matchup for a team in new orleans that had been so injured at quarterback they turtled back into letting Taysom hill go out and tote the rock some more both of those teams are kind of indicative of how difficult it is to find good teams that you can trust. Because the Kyler Murray Cardinals are the ultimate untrustworthy team. They're so dependent on Kyler going out there and doing something special, flashing the pan stuff outside of the structure of that offense, that, you know, it's hard to look the rest of that game and see it. Kyler Murray's likely going to have a stat line that's like 35 pass attempts in this game for 220 yards, and they're somehow going to be in it in the fourth quarter because he'll have scrambled 80 yards on one play to launch a ball downfield. The Saints have had Jameis Winston dealing with really bad back injuries all year long and other ailments there, an offensive line that changed up. All sorts of stuff that have made them far less than the team that a lot of people thought would contend with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the South. Now, both of these divisions have seen that come down a lot, right? They are contending with the Buccaneers because the Buccaneers aren't very good right now. The NFC West is a team that's a division that's struggling top to bottom because of a lot of injury and turnover in that conference. And so when I rolled out the top five, the, the top part's easy. The top three are very easy, right? Now, I put Buffalo up at number one over Philadelphia this week. I think based on what we saw last weekend in that game against the Chiefs, that's the best team in football. Defensively, the moves they made, we talked about the Von Miller narrative part of that, but all across the board, it's exactly what we expected from that team at the start of the season. I had the Eagles at two. I thought about putting the Chiefs there. For a long time, thought about putting the Chiefs there at number two, just because, again, they had gone toe-to-toe with the Bills. We were so familiar with what that Chiefs model can look like, and now that you've got some of the changes there with Juju Smith-Schuster and company that started to look like they were paying off in the last two games. Him and Travis Kelsey going off in back-to-back games – but Philadelphia just built so much in so many of the right ways that I'm not going to forget what I learned in that Tampa Bay Bucks Super Bowl. That stuff matters in the trenches, and Philadelphia has been able to go out and execute that really well through the first six weeks of the season. Had the Chiefs at three after that. I had the Cowboys at four, man. I understand they've got two losses, but one of them was a game they had no right to be in at the end with the Philadelphia Eagles. Cooper Cup had finally, or uh, Cooper Rush, excuse me, Cooper Rush had finally reached his limits as the backup in this mm-hmm. starting role, and they were still able to roll back in that third quarter and make this interesting. So I am giving them the benefit of saying Dak Prescott, the better player, when he comes back in the same context, should yield better results. And then I had the Vikings at five, and the Vikings are a five and one team that I know I don't want to do the who have they played thing, but. It has not been a murderer's row of the schedule to where I feel like I know who that team is other than a common opponent thing, which the NFL is not a great transitive property league because of how much injury variable is week to week, but got right. 
dropped pretty hard by the Eagles earlier in this season. And so that's the only comparative point I have to go off of for a team that maybe it's the Kirk Cousins factor, but I just have a really hard time getting enough inertia to trust the Vikings beyond a certain point, which is why they're behind this Dallas team despite only have one lo- having one loss. And the Vikings, to me, are indicative of what this NFL season's been so far because I'm looking around for other teams and I'm struggling to find anyone to trust right now. Yeah, the Bengals are kind of getting back into form. I've been really high on yes. the Ravens, but they've got a fourth quarter problem that they've got to address, whether that's coaching or otherwise that gets them to that point, especially offensively. Um, you just look up and down this league right now, and it's teams trending in the right direction. I, the Giants and the Jets are teams that could very much be up here and have that kind of foundation, but are still teams that I look at and say, all right, eventually your quarterback's going to have to do something, and I still have questions yeah. about both of their ability to go out and execute that. So it's a very interesting start to the league year that is good because we talked about this relative to college football some extent and some level of parity when you've got a few teams that you know are good can be kind of the healthy mixture to creating a good watching experience for people during the season yeah i mean i i think of all of your nfl rankings this is the one that i agree with the most i think I love the edge that you're giving the Vikings uh, there at number five because of quarterback play and being able to move the ball at all. But I think I like the Giants there right now just because of the games that we've seen and the teams that they've beat and how much they've surprised us while doing so, where I think the Vikings are doing some status quo stuff, like they're beating the teams that they should beat and – uh, you know, Kirk Cousins is doing his racking up the stats thing. So, so yeah, I, I, it's very interesting right now. But it's that it's that fifth one that, like, it's sad to say that everything's probably right, uh, and the Bengals could probably even get in that fifth spot for some people's. Well, yeah, I mean, you look at a lot of these divisions and. The AFC North, the best team in the division is 3-3. Three and three. The NFC South, best team in the division is 3-3. Three and three. The NFC West, the top team is 3-3. Three and three. The, AFC, the AFC South, the top team is 3-2 and two at this point. Like, it's just not, it's been very inconsistent football from a lot of teams so far in the season. So, honestly, the top five is rewarding as much as anything, just consistency through the early going because that's been so hard True. to come by. Uh, Brandon... You know where you can get consistency? It's not hard to come by. It's actually very easy to come by. Where? Uh, from our friends at Game Time, Brandon. They are supporters of this podcast. They are a service that we think can be very helpful to all you listening right now. Game Time is the fastest growing ticketing app that guarantees the lowest price on your tickets to all your favorite sporting events, concerts, shows. You can actually, in the app, go look and see the view right from the seat that you're going to be buying and check out in less than 30 seconds. Top to bottom, it's a super easy user experience. It's one I've gotten to go in and check out personally. You can go here and really geographically, it's going to pull up wherever you are, a nice menu of whatever events are coming your way and both coming down the pipeline as we go along here and even the day of. That's the beauty of this is you can get cheap ticket options the day of for the event of your choice. Find your way in there and have a great time for that. I keep saying we're coming up. We had our last sleep. Tonight is the night. Midnight's from Taylor Swift comes out. There's a lot of stuff about a 3 a.m. very chaotic surprise that people think could be a tour announcement that we finally been waiting for for a really long time with four albums under her belt. And so getting a head start on that, 
I will absolutely be going and trying to utilize the folks' game time to make sure that I not only get a great experience, but an affordable one. So download the game time app, create an account, and redeem code GOJO for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's GOJO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Download game time. Last-minute tickets. Lowest prices guaranteed. All right, Brandon, uh, from game time to what time, as in do you know what time it is, sir? I do mind. That felt better in my head than it did coming out of my mouth, by the way. I don't know. I I think I – I don't know if we're just synced uh, mentally because I felt it the way you intended it. I I was like, we almost did. We almost did a fusion dance of our own. (laughs) I don't want to do this because I think on the copy it ended up being opposite. So we end up just kind of doing a fusion dance. I wish we could take a screen grab of that while we were recording because it is is the perfect place to try and get. Let's do. Can you? I'm trying to. But no one's using. We need a. We need a third person I know. on this team. Michael. We really. We need really one more. We person. do. We're sitting here as if anyone. First off, the podcast audience listening is going to have no idea that we're trying to do the Dragon Ball fusion dance from window to window. It's why you should go check out YouTube. But also, based on yes. our execution, we would end up as an even fatter version of ourselves in the fusion result. Oh my god! Well, in in the Dragon Ball Z universe, that doesn't necessarily mean we're weak. Boo is fat as shit. Okay, but back to it. Sometimes I cannot take this place. Sometimes it's my life I can't taste. Sometimes I cannot feel my face. You'll never see me fall from grace. Something takes a part of me You and I were meant to be Some cheat for me to lay This, that, and the third today Feeling like a freak on a leash I was wondering where you were going to land the this, that, and the third, and it was perfect. God, seventh, seventh grade me is absolutely transported right now. I know it's unsurprising as a young white man growing up in central Connecticut that I would have dipped my finger into the corn pile. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Brandon, that was, corn was my first concert. It was Lincoln Park Corn and Corn Snoop Dogg. First concert. Well, it was it was Lincoln Park Corn and Snoop Dogg in the Project Revolution tour in like 2006, which was one of the most eclectic that. gatherings of people I have ever seen in my life. I remember that. Was it? Well, I mean, Corn had a revolution song, right? Uh, Something. I don't know. I don't know. Oh don't yeah, know. they did. Know, they did. They did. This. They did. I don't remember the title offhand, but yes, there was absolutely right. that lyric in a song, and just it was. And between those three acts, Corn might have been the biggest at the time. Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, Linkin Park was kicking. The, but. the early two thousands were such a weird time for music because not only were we doing the genre was called new metal, which is basically just yes, nu yeah, and nu. But then we also had that time where new metal bands started doing hip hop crossover albums, where you had the okay. Linkin Park and Jay-Z collaboration album. I'm pretty sure Corn yes. did a track with Nas at one point. It was just a chaotic time I in music. Did. 
Well, that's the thing. It was like, oh, it was like even the uh, the Connecticut folks were inspired by rap, and they just end up like kind of. I remember when I like I was like, oh, I can't do I can't do hard metal, and then I started listening to some. I was like, oh, this. Oh, this kind of dope. Like this guy, they got a beat to it. But I, this specificular, uh, specificular, that's crazy that I said that. This specific song, Freak on a Leash, Mike, the music video, like back when MTV was HBO for us, when music videos yes. were just everything. Like, the, and speaking, I'm so glad Set Free was here today because he used the cartoons. Like that cartoon mix in that Freak on a Leash video, yes. that little girl standing on the, on the hill and there's like a bullet that's kind of going through stuff. I, I, honestly, it's haunting. It's so, haunting. It's perfect for October. I, I would, I would contend that music is so music from that time. One, just the way our brains work and how we absorb information is so firmly ingrained in us. It's the reason I can barf early two thousands lyrics from almost any genre, pretty much right. whenever the situation calls for it, because our brains are just a little more absorbent then. But also, yeah. I think having that tie of audio and visual together, because you're right, I used to sit every morning, turn on MTV2 while I ate cereal, getting ready for school, yes. and just watch music videos over and over again. So, like, the, Evan, the Evanescence Wake Me Up music video, firmly ingrained in my Wake brain forever. Up. Kanye West Through the Wire, firmly ingrained in my brain forever. All of those things, because uh, it was audio and visual. The, that Fat Boy Slim song, I don't even know the name of the song because I just remember Christopher Walken's going through a hotel dancing. Um, but yes, that that those music videos mean so much to us. But specifically, oh my gosh, I had something and now I can't even freaking find it. I'm so pissed, Mike. But yes, that was a that was a great time. Uh, oh, here, no, no, I, I found it. I found it. Remember yesterday how I was was so bad with this, that, and the third. Yes. I had never heard. Of that, not never heard of. I've never heard that song, Nightmare on My Street, before. So I was like, really, really trying to get it, and I kept listening to it over and over and over again. Obviously, it was the the shit that it was yesterday. I didn't need to hear this song at all to get into that bag. Like it was. That's what I'm trying to say. It was already in me. It just it lived right inside your chest in a way that probably surprised even you and should surprise all of us to know that corn is always lurking just under the surface if you are a person of a certain age. Um, Backwards K. Make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review Gojo wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five-star rating and a review. That song qualifies as spooky. It is October. Brandon Newman has leaned all the way into spooky season for this, that, and the third and needs your help continuing to find songs at Gojo Show on Twitter is where you can offer up those suggestions. And Brandon, speaking of back Backwards K's. We got some baseball updates from over the weekend Ooh. here. Major League Baseball uh, is getting started in the championship series. Uh, we had a couple go on yesterday. The Padres came back and managed to even the series at one apiece against the Phillies. Storm back with a major comeback in this game. They erased an early 4-0 deficit and eventually ended up winning game five. Big shout out to the fathers. Did you see those Padres fans doing the really uncomfortable song on Good Morning America? No. Oh, Brandon, it's so bad. Hold on. Was Ginger involved? No. Ginger is the uh the meteorologist at Good Morning America, big fan. Was it uh it's not Ginger Z, is it? It may be. All right, Brandon, here uh Philly going down to yellow and brown. That's what's in. <laughs> Padres on the loose. Let's go, goose. That's what's in. Bryce gonna lose, and Manny's gonna cruise. That's what's in. 
they got together and they wanted to express themselves through the joy and majesty of song, they're going to release Christmas in parentheses, baby, please come home as a single single on black Friday. There's also going to be classics like white Christmas, Merry Christmas, baby blue Christmas, as well as Eagles play-by-play announcer, Mayo Reese reciting the night before Christmas. Brandon, I am such a big fan of Christmas content content. I went back and listened to the Casey Musgraves Christmas album the other day, just for fun. And I promise you can experience that joy in whatever month you want. I did it almost as a test study because I think at that point I did this still in either early October or September, a joyous experience. And so if the Eagles wanted to drop this Christmas album tomorrow, I would listen happily. I would light candles. I would put on a sweatshirt. I would get under a cozy blanket. I would imagine myself back in a much colder environment and I would happily drink it in even if we're not within the bounds of Christmas time because you don't need that. You can be happy any time of year. Okay, on a day that... Taylor Swift is about to drop new music. I'm very, uh, I know that this is dangerous to say, but Casey Musgraves' Christmas album, like how dare you compare that to anything that a group of football players are going to put out for Christmas album? Like I think, in what, I think in Casey what, in Musgraves what, is like, in what way are you saying? I think that? Casey Musgraves is 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 on the mountaintop. What? No. <laughs> and I and I bring and I bring it up to say because Taylor Swift should not. I don't like the fact that. She's trying to make a new song. Everybody's trying to do the Mariah Carey. Like, Christmas Tree Farm does only works if you're still a country music star, sweetie. I'm no. sorry. Oh, uh, don't let's you. leave that alone. Don't you sweetie her. Let's leave that don't alone. Don't you sweetie her. I said it. Don't you sweetie her. <laughs> not on this podcast. <laughs> okay. Not on, okay. This, okay, not on this. this holiday. Okay, how about that? That was for you then. All right, fine. Sweetie. Fine, you can so, sweetie <laughs> me all you want. That was, that you was sweetie her direction, you're going to have an army of internet white women ready to gut you. <laughs> Ah! Oh my gosh! The younger what's the younger generations of Karens called? Um, but anyways, uh, yes, I, I I hear you. I love it. I, I I like the fact that they're they're breaking the mold with this because let's be real. How many years into this thing before we put out a, a holiday themed album? Oh, Brandon, you know? it's it's my dream. I I wasn't on the track but i was a part of a christmas album mikey a great producer for us mike antino at espn who now uh has been helping produce my family's podcast sorry in advance which you can get wherever you get your podcast amazing he helped concoct one of the greatest um mock christmas albums of all time that involved one of our producers and mikey c who did not have a good voice l duncan of sports center fame who's got a phenomenal voice who's saying, baby, it's cold outside as a tribute to Mikey C going out and smoking heaters by the garbage can in the middle of winter. (laughs) And so we will have Mikey A come over and executive produce our Christmas album when we're good and ready to go and throw it out there. Because clearly you have displayed, you've got the vocal prowess to make this happen. And I fancy myself a good enough backup singer to make it work. I was going to say, and I think you've shown that your prowess as well. People demand the duet because... On those solo uh, uh, episodes that you have sang, you've been singing. You know what I'm saying? You've been singing and singing. All right, I'm not sure if we have time for the Christmas album this year, but the wheels are turning. So we'll see if we can get in the lab and make something that the Eagles offensive line would be proud of. Okay, let me just throw this out there to piss people off and, and have them hoping and waiting. NFL season wrap-up. Via Christmas song, oh. album parody. Oh, all right, okay. all right. Hey, just okay. sprinkling it out there. Just 
to yeah. just speaking, manifesting, manifesting right now. Yes. Uh, we're like Aaron Rodgers. We're being uh, careful in the words that we choose and the message that they send because words have power and they have spells. And uh, Brandon, pictures also have spells. Let's get to the third. Dalvin Cook was sitting courtside last night at one of the basketball games. I'm trying to quickly pull up the tweet to see which one right now. Timberwolves. Uh, I don't know who they're playing though. All right, so he was sitting like courtside last night at the Timberwolves game where Rudy Gobert all of a sudden like very offensively gifted. By the way, which was shocking. He's been set free after the Utah Jazz thing. But <laughs> um, so Carlos Gonzalez posted a picture who I believe is a photographer on Twitter, and it said Vikings running back Dalvin Cook watched oh it says it right in the tweet the utah jazz beat the oklahoma oklahoma city thunder 115 108 at the target center wednesday night and that's Mm -hmm. not overly remarkable in any normal sense he's a star player in another team in town they tend to support one another pretty well and they tend to get to good tickets to do so courtside from rich people that they know the thing was interesting was it looked like the Jack Link's beef jerky Sasquatch was sitting right behind him <laughs> in a photo just being completely unacknowledged by everyone. The Jack Link's beef jerky Sasquatch was being allowed to watch this game in a piece that most will never know. <laughs> Mike, the, the best part about it, honestly, is the fact that when you look at celebrities – that are courtside during NBA games, right? You focus so much on that celebrity and you never consider the human being that's sitting next to them that's just their friend, family members. You know, Jack Nicholson always has his son around. Like, the people that are, the other people that are uh, on the floor seats that aren't celebrities aren't mentioned, Mike. And this is a perfect iteration of that exact same thing happening where we run to talk about Dalvin Cook. (laughs) And ignore the fact that Bigfoot is sitting next to him watching the same game of play. Now, this picture feels like it's part of a long marketing con, which stay woke and open your third eye because we're always being sold to. That being said, Brandon, when you said we talk about celebrities, I instantly just transported my brain to thinking of Sasquatch as a celebrity and now going from this courtside picture (laughs) to tabloids following him outside his house when he's going out in the morning to take his trash out and he looks like shit and he's in his pajamas and they take those like really shitty pictures of celebrities that they print in the rag mags by the gap by the checkout counter at the gas station like his hair is all like is 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 perfect in this photo because he's right he's gonna uh, have it courtside, like, he's gonna have it in a messy him. bun when he's going out to get his garbage and take the cans in he's got his coffee in his hand he's got a shirt with a stain on it you know what it reminds me of is when uh everyone went nuts about those cavemen from geico and yes. then they became celebrities had their own tv show and uh i don't know I don't know if anyone was really obsessed with it as much as like it was just another bad decision by Hollywood. But I, I love the fact that the Sasquatch, like we saw Bigfoot and we didn't see Bigfoot because Dalvin Cook was around. It made me think of, do you remember in college, the one of the earliest viral videos was the attention test where it was all those people under a bridge passing a basketball yes. around and it asked you to count how many passes had taken place and then you get done with it and it's like, but did you see the moonwalking bear? This reminded me so much of the moonwalking bear. Like, is there another viral video like that that just sticks in your brain? Because that was a reference I oh, knew man. only a few people of a certain age we're going to get because we talk all the time 
Kids now grew up with the internet. They were born in it, molded by it. They yes. won't ever see the light of day because they're never logging off. We're the day walkers. We're half in and half out. We had a life before all that stuff, but we were also there at the beginning. And so we saw a lot of these early videos that were a part of this. Like Brandon, the, the seminal video in my college experience was the Leprechaun amateur sketch. For years. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And for anyone that missed that, it was a, a news story that I'm still not sure if it was real or not surrounding a reported well, leprechaun appearance in a, call it what it is, predominantly black neighborhood. And the yes. response from the community on that ranging from an older man coming out with a piece of PVC piping that he said was a leprechaun flute passed down from his grandfather who was Irish to one man looking up at the tree. And th the line for me, Brandon, in stretching lines in 2012 at Notre Dame when we were getting ready for the <laughs> national championship run, football players are creatures of routine and creatures of habit. And so we get into stretch lines yeah. and everyone kind of had their part to play as far as, you know, helping everyone get up and warm up. Stretching is one of the worst parts Vibes. of any sport especially as you True. get late into the season. And there was one point during every um, warm-up period during practice where I would get up and I would go, all you got to do is look up at the tree. Who else see the leprechaun say, yeah. And then the whole team would go, yeah, <laughs> and clap. And wow. it started off as so much fun because we're the fighting Irish, the leprechauns, all that stuff, and it was new. Yeah. By November, when we were doing that, it felt like such an unholy obligation. I was miserable saying it. Everyone was miserable doing it, but we were undefeated, so we had to keep That's going. So <laughs> <laughs> you should have you switched up. It was like, uh, anybody look up and see the leprechaun and say, we want the gold. <laughs> I want the, the gold. <laughs> I want the gold. And there's a sketch from that. Now, now, Mike, what you're talking about is these videos were not on the internet, Mike. They weren't on social media. They were on E-Bombs World. Yes. <laughs> like, do you remember yes. specifically E-Bombs World? It was E-Bombs e World and Funny or Die were the only places you could go for oh, this kind yes. of content. And it would all end up getting a web redemption on Tosh.0. Oh my god! I know, but in Funny or Die was doing original stuff versus just like aggregating like whatever was floating around. But my favorite video, Ebon's World, and maybe because Louisville, Kentucky, set at home. I'm sure you've all seen it. It was made fun of on Boondocks and other places, but it was the teacher who got in trouble for saying the N word to a student, but insisted that he said it with an A H, so it was okay to say and. Mike, do you remember I this video? I don't remember this video. <laughs> you don't remember this video? No. <laughs> We're going to have so much fun laughing after this podcast. And for anyone who's seen it, you know. But that is a school, Valley High School, in our school district uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. We played them all the time, like one of our uh, rival games for PRP. And they wilding over there. And then the whole world got to see them wilding uh, by this teacher who was insisting that it was okay that he... <laughs> well... Brandon, that that just reminds me of the the viral like parody song when that guy was Jesus Christ is my that old white man oh, singing it. Yes, that now that was a good one too. I watched now that they were spitting Mike. I don't know who wrote that, but I mean, I I guess as someone who really does think of Jesus Christ as my N word, like I you know, it's it's tough for me to have any qualms other than, you know, the color of their skin and racism and yeah. segregation and systematic, you know, Syst oppression. Yeah. All those things that are part of that. At Gojo Show on Twitter, 
uh, <laughs> if we missed any viral and like like the peanut butter jelly time, pretty much every Weird Al song, oh, that um, was a good one. shoes yes. as one of the first viral videos. If we missed any of those, at Gojo Show on Twitter, let us know your favorite early viral. Obviously, of course, of course, a classic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brandon, uh, by the way, before we get out of here, too, wanted to issue a formal apology for something that was said on this podcast a week ago. We were talking a week Ooh. ago about Chick-fil-A and ended up bringing up one of our dear friends, longtime listener to the podcast, Dane Christ's wife, Hillary, and Ritz Carlton, yes. who claimed, and we joked, could not lay claim to saying my pleasure as yes. part of their company identity here. I have since been sent a bunch of literature showing me the error of my ways that this is in fact part of the core identity that phrases like my pleasure and right away help define the luxury hotel experience and the way they envisioned customer experience that simple phrase completely changed the atmosphere and it turns out that this language handbook was actually the linchpin for Horst Schultz growing that business and creating the culture of belonging and purpose in Ritz-Carlton hotels. It is actually documented that Chick-fil-A employees say my pleasure as something pulled from Ritz-Carlton. And so in the interest of journalistic integrity on this podcast, Brandon, I wanted to issue a, por- a formal apology to Hillary Christ and to Ritz-Carlton for many reasons Certainly because I love Hillary and respect her, but also because Ritz-Carlton has come out with this ballin' new cruise ship line. I don't know if you've seen this, Brandon. I don't know. Think didn't think I was ever going to get on a cruise ship again in my life. And then I saw the Ritz-Carlton cruise ship and realized this could be a pretty fun time. So, Ritz-Carlton, we're sorry, and we would love to help you test out this ship. Hey, after after COVID, I was like, there's no, no chance I'm getting on a cruise ship again. And then, and then Mike, and then Mike. Ritz Carlton put out put something on the lines, and I was like, well, I thought about Hillary immediately, and I was like, okay, let's let's see what we can work out now. Because what what cruise have you been on? Because I've been on Royal Caribbean. I think it was the second biggest one at the time, or the second like coolest one at the time. And I tell you, not Royal Caribbean, because that's the shit. I one. went on a Norwegian. Not, oh cruise no, no, line. it's not. No, no, that's a good one. That's a not the, not to call any of them shitty because people work at these places, but. I I did go Royal Caribbean and I didn't go to the other one that I'm not going to mention because I didn't say it yet. So, but yeah, it was it was a, a gift. It was after graduation, Mike. It was a gift from my our parents, uh, Michelle and I, and, and two friends from Notre Dame. Uh, shout out to Zach and Kelly, roommates, and we just went on a cruise. There's some famous pictures of us on the cruise that got floated around uh, between our Notre Dame circles after at that point in time. But Ritz Carlton, hey, I'm watching. We're, hey. A, form, a formal apology has been issued to Hillary and Ritz-Carlton. It would be our yes. pleasure to come and help you guys christen this new Ritz-Carlton cruise ship. That's all I'm saying. Ooh. It would be our pleasure. Thank you very much. Mm. It was our pleasure having you all listen to this podcast. Make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review Gojo wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five-star rating and a review. Check out the DraftKings YouTube channel where you can go to the Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. playlist. See all our great interviews. Julian Love from the uh, New York Giants with us yesterday. Going back to last week, Katie Nolan. Plenty of great stuff on there for you to check out that's always sitting, waiting, loaded up in the vault. Thanks so much. Enjoy Thursday Night Football. Maybe if that's possible at this point, we'll talk to you tomorrow.